Welcome back to Health Check. I'm Heidi Godman. My guest today is Dr. Jose Tavares. He is a pediatrician with First Physicians Group. He has replaced Dr. Bob Shamsey, who just retired after many decades of practicing here on the Sun Coast. And Dr. Tavares is a pediatrician, as I mentioned, and he's in with this wonderful group located up in Lakewood Ranch. If you'd like to give them a call, it's 366-3000. And if you want to know more about First Physicians Group, just go to firstphysiciansgroup.com. Of course, it's part of Sarasota Memorial Healthcare System. It's a wonderful, huge group here in town. And and it's a very reassuring, I think, to know not only that we have such high caliber physicians here on the Sun Coast, but also that you're connected. I mean, by being part of First Physicians Group, you're also part of Sarasota Memorial Healthcare System, which it makes it so much easier when it comes to healthcare records, when it comes to tests that are done. And tell us about that aspect. Well, um, the hospital is really supported. And basically we have, we can do any lab or any imaging. We can do it in the hospital. Um, our our clinic, you know, we have the same system. So we have access to all the information for our patient. If I have a patient that is hospitalized in the hospital, I can have access to that chart, see what they're doing. I can go to the hospital myself and go through the floor of pediatrics. I will know everyone there, talk to the patient. So that actually is, is, is like a com- it's a real compliment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you work as a team. Mm-hmm. Every Everyone is really nice or specialists like talk to you like they know you forever. So it's, it's part it's, of the gang. Yeah, it's really, really good care. Yeah, And great. everyone is into taking care of, of the patient, of the of the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see everyone happy every day. Everyone is happy to be early there. Everyone is happy to live late. It's like it's, it's an amazing team. It is an amazing team. And and again, we're so lucky to have it here on the Sun Coast. Uh, so we've been talking with Dr. Tavares about how to tell the difference between a cold and uh, the flu we're going to talk about in a minute, uh, and sinus infection. And we were talking before about a cold, how it's a virus, and part of a cold is that sometimes the virus from a cold can also infect the sinuses and and cause some inflammation there. And so then the sinus lining swells up and it makes it hard for the drainage to come out. And so you have head congestion um, and you might have a little sinus infection, but it could be a viral sinus infection, which will go away when the cold goes away. Yes. But sometimes that sinus congestion lasts. And I was I was reading, I think, uh, uh, one of the large otolaryngological associations in the country was saying that the only difference between uh, a viral sinus infection and a bacterial sinus infection was length of time. Yes. Um, actually, sinus infection in kids, um, it depends the age. Uh, because if if they are like very young kids, the sinus are underdeveloped yet. So what we do, like infants, two or three years of age, um, if the cold lasts for a long time, like two or three weeks, then we may call a sinus infection, depending on the symptom that the patient show when when they come. But as you said, most of most of those are still vital, mm-hmm. so we don't have to treat. So mm-hmm. basically, we recommend and or we should recommend. Um, good suction of the nose, the um, nasal spray, the humidifier. It's so hard when they're little, though, to get the congestion out. And uh, I always found that when I was giving my kids a bath, if they had head congestion, I noticed when you're washing your baby's hair, when the water goes over the child's face, it just tends to pull the mucus out. And I know this is not dinner conversation, but it, it mm-hmm. works. I mean, and, you know, you can't pour a ton of water on your kid's head. But uh, if if you're if you happen to be washing your child's hair and then you see the water going down the face, why is that? Do we know what it is? Actually, um, and let me go first to the suctioning part. It's really difficult 
to suction the babies, especially infants. Um, because you, like the parents, you know, they feel that they're hurting the baby. And I know this as a father. I know, like, when my kid, you know, she was sick when she was one, two, three, four months of age. Um, it was difficult to suction because you have to hold her, you know, the way you do the necessary spray. If you want to do it right, it's, it's difficult. They cry. You think that you're killing them. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why it's so difficult for the parents to do the good suctioning. And that's why sometimes the call lasts a long time. And mm -hmm. they come back, but it's not getting any better. Mm -hmm. So what I have... What I do right now is, you know, I take some time with the parents and I try to suction the kid in, in office mm -hmm. with them. So I show them, usually we need two people and this is where you're going to hold the baby. This is where you're going to do the, the necessary spray and then this, this is where you're going to do the suctioning. And then they say, okay, yeah. I have never done this in my life. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's easy to tell the patient this is what you have to do. But when you show them how to do it, it's better. Then, then they say, okay, I have never done this. I have never seen this before. Um, and then they do it and they, they don't come back. Right. It's scary though. You're right. Holding that aspirator, which has a, a bulb syringe, right? And it has that yeah, the long, the long skinny blue, uh, thing that you put into the baby's nose. It, it's yeah. scary. Now they have different things. They have one that you put in your mouth and you kind of, um, suction with your mouth and all the mucus come out. I've not heard of that. Yeah. One. They have different brand, hmm. different brand names out there. Um, but I, I, I love the ball syringe more than anything. Right. Well, they have even one electric now. Electric that you put in your nose. Really? You turn it on and, and suction everything. Wow. But still, I... I like I, a vacuum cleaner. Like a vacuum cleaner. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, that seems a little serious. Uh, so so that is something that you might want to consider if your child does have a sinus infection. And even if it's a bacterial sinus infection rather than a viral uh, sinus infection, antibiotics might not be needed, right? Yes, as I was telling you in the break, um, sometimes, and it depends on the case, you know, we try to, to treat case by case. So we see, you know, the patient as an own entity. So, okay, the patient has sinus infection, but how is the patient? Is the patient eating okay? Is the patient happy? Is the patient having good bowel movement and good urine? Um, so we may not do anything. Mm -hmm. Now, if the patient come and is six for three weeks already, you know, starts spiking fever again, is not eating very well, so we may treat the patient then. So so it depends. It's not like, oh, sinus infection, let's treat. No. Mm -hmm. We see the patient's own entity. One patient is, you know, the whole thing. So we try to case treat. Case-by-case case basis. Case-by-case case and, basis. And you just mentioned a fever. Isn't that an indication that something might be bacterial when a fever gets to a certain level? Uh, not necessarily. Really? Not necessarily. You can have fever with virus. With, with viral infection. Well, I guess you can with flu too. Yeah, that's a virus. you can have yeah. fever with a bacterial infection. It doesn't have to. I mean, if you have fever, it doesn't mean that you need antibiotics. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you have to run to the ER three o'clock in the morning. Right. It's a body trying to cook the bad guy, yes. right? Actually, your immune system is working. You have a lot of cells releasing many things inside your body, fighting that. And that's why you get the fever. Trying to heat up. Force it out. Um, so so let's now talk about flu, which, of course, can be very, very serious. There can be very serious complications such mm -hmm. as pneumonia or worse, and can cause hospitalization. And children who are very young are especially at risk. Why is that? Well, their immune system is developing, okay? All the antibodies, those proteins that try to fight infection, they are coming up. So that's that's one of the, the main reasons. Also, young kids, they are... They go to daycare, they go to school, and you have so many kids sick at the same time. So they get sick really, really common. But um, again, flu shot, that's going to make the huge difference. And I have patients, they, they, they ask me, they, they tell me, 
they come to my office in November, December, and then I I convince them to get the flu shot. Like sometimes family that they don't want the flu shot, they never done the flu shot. You know, you convince them to get the flu shot, and then they come in March mm-hmm. with the flu. I said, Doctor T, but you told me that I you make you convince me to get the flu shot, and now I have the flu. But the difference, you know, there's a huge difference, and then there is many studies out there. If you get the flu shot, you know, the chances that you go into complications of the flu are minimum. Mm-hmm. And the way I explain to my patients, where I was trained, we have um, we have the ICU in the 10th floor, and we have a pulmonary floor, the pediatric floor in the 6th floor. So every time we get a patient in the ICU in the 10th floor, um, intubated because of pneumonia, because of flu, or in like in really sick condition, 99% of them didn't have the flu shot. If the patient was in the sixth floor with the whole family in the room, just getting some fluids, um, probably some some naps mm-hmm. um, if needed, um, most likely got the flu shot. Mm-hmm. So what I explained to my it, patient. It reduces the complications. Exactly. What I explained to my patient, what do you want to be if you have to be hospitalized? You want to be intubated for two weeks? Mm-hmm. In the ICU, or you want to be in your house or in the regular floor, right? So that's the, that's the difference. I I think what is it, the the rate that it, the protection rate? What is it like sixty percent effective? I think for a flu shot. Well, it depends on the year. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we hit more. Sometimes we hit right, right. Less. And this year we're saying they're saying that we had an especially bad year for flu in the Australian winter. Of course, they're just coming mm-hmm. out of their winter as we go into ours. But people are saying different experts are saying, well, since Australia had a bad flu season, then that's an indication that we'll have a bad flu season. So you don't want to you don't want to take a chance. And the the World Health Organization makes its big recommendation in what, like February of what the big flu is going to be for the rest of the year. So, and then the U.S. of course makes the ultimate decision about what should go into the, into the flu shots, but it's a guess. You're guessing which strains you have to cover. And then there's, there's the trivalent, trivalent vaccine or the quadrivalent. So yeah, the one covers through one, three, one covers four, but for kids, what is it? The quadrivalent that you should get? Uh, the quadrivalent is the one that I'm using now. Okay. Okay, so so that is the one that your doctor will have in the office. And if you if you don't have the money to go to a pediatrician, you can always go to the health department and, and get free flu shots there. So that's something to consider, too. Uh, but uh, it, take the guesswork out of it. Get the flu shot. And Dr. Tavares, what are some of the symptoms of flu so we can recognize it? So flu, again, depend, it depends on the age of the, of the kid. Like, um, you know... Um, Four, five, six years of age, they can complain of headache, uh, the fever, muscle ache. But then younger than that, you know, they will have um, high fever. It will be uncomfortable, crying more than usual, um, not eating well. So it's kind of more difficult for the parents to identify when the kid is younger, like infant. But the older they are, it's going to be more similar. Mm-hmm. Like, like easier, So much easier, too, when they can talk. And And what about a cough? That's part of it. Well, it's a vital infection. It's a vital infection. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, the upper airways mm-hmm. is get involved. So once the upper get involved, you, you can have that cough. Mm-hmm. And then uh, how long should we expect the flu to last? Well, um, these days, for example, in the last couple of weeks, we have seen cases that the fever last, is lasting a long time, mm. usually five, six, seven days. Oh, no. Definitely. So that, that, that's a long time. Yeah. Um, but usually I like my patients, like if the fever is la- lasting between three to five days, I want them to call me and let me know. Okay. And then also we should point out too that um, flu shots uh, can take about two weeks to work uh, before they're going to kick yes. in. Right. When you so- get the flu shot, um, 
And this is a good question. Actually, sometimes you have patients, they come to get the flu and in four days they come with a flu positive and they come with what I told you before. The flu shot gave me the flu. No. The thing is that you get the flu shot and to develop those, those antibodies, it takes time. Mm -hmm. So it can take up to two weeks. So sure. probably, probably you get the flu and you, you don't have already all the antibodies you need to cover for that flu. And if you if you do suspect that your child has flu, what about taking an antiviral? Isn't it just 48 hours with an onset? Yes. Um, tummy, symptoms. Tummy flu ideally will be in the first 24 to 48 hours. Otherwise, what we, what we know and all the studies that we have, you know, it won't help that much. Right. All right. It, it won't make a huge difference between taking it or not taking it. So moral of the story, get your child's flu shot and get a flu shot yourself. And if everybody is sick... Don't go out and keep spreading the germs. Everyone should take the flu shot. That's my recommendation. Right. And should be everyone's, every pediatrician recommendation. And and then also try to prevent it. Wash your hands like crazy. Hygiene, yes. Yeah, wash your hands. I mean, and my kids, sometimes they'll wash their hands. It's like 20 seconds, 10 seconds. And I have to say, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. I heard that water go up. No, you got to keep washing your hands. 30 seconds. You got to sing happy birthday twice, right? Also, if your kid is sick, if your kid has fever, don't send it to school. Right. Sometimes, you know, we have patients that they know that their kid is having fever and they send them to, to school and then things get spread. So if you know that your kid last night, 11 o'clock last night, had a one or three fever in the morning, just wait. Don't send it to school because we want to know what's going on. How many days did I have some very, very important uh, situation at work that I had to go in for in the middle of the night, somebody was sick? Well, that was the end of that. Important <laughs> day at work, you had to stay home with the kid. All right, we are going to continue speaking with Dr. Jose Tavares, but we need to take a quick break. So everybody, please stick around. We'll be right back. This is Health Check with Heidi Godman on WSRQ.